two in Gulfport right after the hurricane. You can sit down. Um, they were one of the um, most hit churches from the wind of the hurricane. You understand what I'm saying? Not the, not the water in New Orleans, but the wind, uh, the hardest hit. And it just leveled. It looked like a battleground. It was so bad, I, I got nauseated and had to ask them to take, take me out. I was, it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. When they took us out to see nothing. And know, so every day, now we got, we were going back this next weekend. We were there last year about. Now let me tell you what the pastor's wife said. We had a scheduled meeting there. And I called her because I was thinking she might want to cancel. And she said, you're not canceling, are you? Not this one, but last year, three weeks last after. Last year, the, yeah, we were there. Right. She said, you're not canceling, are you? And I said, I was like, well, no. <laughs> if you want us, we'll be there. And uh, I said, do you have any place to meet? You know, and she said, well, she said, our church was damaged a little. She said it was mostly the houses down by the beach and her home. A lot of them, several of their church members, their homes were just leveled. All that was left was just a cement, um, you know, the slab. I mean, several of them, and they were all there for what they called their uh, restoration revival. That's what we held. They said, we're not victims, we're victors. And actually, we just got there, we just worshiped God together. We talked about the joy that, that this world couldn't take away. You think we had a sad meeting? Well, this is what I was Are you thinking. Kidding me? I thought, Lord, all those people, you know, because a lot of celebrities were going and stuff, and of course I, I'm one. But anyway, a lot of the other ones were going, and uh, I, you know, what can I say? When you got it, you got it. Anyway, so um, I used to do stand-up comedian. Anyway, but I lost it somewhere along the line. Now she's just standing. Now I'm just standing, and so uh, <laughs> and so I said, Lord, you know, you need to send somebody like you know. Patsy Beerman. I mean, you need to send someone, you know, Caminetti that can, you know, you need to someone, you don't need to send somebody like me there. I mean, we're, I said, Lord, don't you know what we do? We're, we're known as revivalists. In fact, Mark Hankins' boy, Aaron Hankins, every time he sees us, he says, man, he said, you and my dad, he said, he said, all he said, I think about Shekinah Glory and my dad. And he said, I think about revivalists. And he said, and I said, Lord, we're revivalists. I said, maybe you need somebody there, you know, who'll kind of be calm. And he said, I know exactly what you do. That's why I'm sending you. So we went down there. He said, they don't need someone to cry with them. They need someone to let open their eyes and let remind them of where they're seated and the victory they have. And the first thing that came out of that pastor's wife's mouth, she said, now she said, I want you to know we're not victims, we're victors. I said, we'll be there and hook up with you. So when we take that, uh, we were going to take this to them in, in the name of this oh, they, church. They work They'll hard. just be so blessed. The pastor every day, and, and this was about three weeks after it happened, and so there were a lot of people, not member, not necessarily church members, you understand. It wasn't just their church members. It was people in the community that knew of the church, either the families, knew the families, neighbors, that kind of thing. And they did not have the money or the insurance money, or even, you know, they, some of them didn't have insurance to have their roofs repaired. And so this pastor knew how to do that kind of work. And he and a couple of other guys, he's, he's a builder. They, uh, he's a builder. So they went out. I mean, they just got the supplies that, you know, through different means as they were able to. And, and they just went out and just uh, were every day from sunup till sundown, they went out working on people's roofs to repair their roofs. And then they'd come back in and we'd have our revival services in the evening. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Woo. So I'm just telling you. Re-roofing and revival. So you're going to have, they're going to be really blessed. They'll just be, uh, believe me, they'll have a they place to put They put the roof it. on their house and we blow it off of the church. Yeah. Anyway. 
We blew it off their head. They pulled the trailer in their backyard. So, because there weren't any hotels available, so Cindy stayed out in their trailer in their their backyard, and and they lived, they stayed there. They had been staying in the trailer because they had no uh, uh, carpet, and all their walls, everything for to the studs was gone. But they just they were. I'm just telling you, I found out a long time ago. I used to think the only time you could shout is when nothing was going wrong. <laughs> What's up, babe? But I got tired of being sad. You know what I mean? I found out actually the best time to shout. Yeah. Is right in the face of adversity. Even Psalms 23 says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now that takes faith to do that. Now that means But we're faith people. In the presence of his of your enemies, he said, There's a there is a table spread. Well now if God's doing the you know, if he's doing the cooking, how many of you know healing is the children's bread? So I mean, believe me, I know what it looks like to see sickness. But at the same time, I just decided to pull up to the table of healing. You say, how do you do that? You do that with faith in God's promise. And, you know, I kept thinking all day today about the children of Israel. You know, God gave them the land. He gave it to them. But just because God gives you something doesn't mean you're going to possess it. You know, he said, you go in and possess the land. He didn't. He never said, go in and possess the land. And when you get to that first uh, city, you're going to have to shout the walls down. And when you get to where that mountain is, you want Caleb, there are giants with walled cities on. He didn't tell them any of that. He just let them find that out in context of taking what God gave to them. So whenever they see the city, you know, instead of saying, oh, big city, man, they're mad. They don't look too good. That We better not bother them. No, they just said, okay, Lord, what's the strategy? What's the word from heaven? What do we do now? Your promise is the same. So we're just going forward in faith in your name. And really, really, uh, he, you know, God gave the land to every one of those that chose not to enter in. He gave it to all of them. You know, he didn't just give it to the two spies, Joshua and Caleb. He didn't just give it to them. But they were the only ones that said, we are well able to possess this land. And, you know, I think it's amazing Really, it wasn't the way the giants looked that that really stopped them. It really wasn't the problem. Because if you'll remember when they got back, they said, the guys that didn't believe, you remember what they said? They said, we look like grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. I I thought, which one of them talked to one of them? I don't think, I think they were hiding out the whole time. So it really wasn't about how big the giants were. It's about what they thought they were. Why is it so important that you believe that you are who God says you are? Because, honey, you're going to need that information on the battlefield. When you're looking at a, I always tell people, when you're looking at the nose hair of a giant, you better know what God has said to you. They're ugly. In fact, in fact, it's They're ugly on anybody, but think about a giant. In fact, uh, yeah, well... Cindy. Okay. In fact, Brother Hagen said this. Now, tonight you may be in here, and maybe, you know, all by yourself, you know, you just don't feel like you're able to really. If you're visiting, come back, give them another chance. Yeah, we won't be here next. Tonight's our last night. But, uh,. You know, maybe you don't feel like you're really able to to uh, stand against what what is what is you're dealing with, and you you want to to believe God, and you want to keep your your joy, but you just are having kind of a difficult time. 
Well, this is the good night for you to be here. Yeah, good night. Because when you come together as the church, one of the truths about the church is you are greater together than you are alone. We'll all help you alone. And it's the yeah. corporate anointing that makes your weaknesses not the last thing you remember about your life. Well, that's true. Corporate anointing. Look, Brother Hagen said in his book, uh, I, can't, I think it's on the anointing, he's talking about the corporate anointing. He said, I'm thoroughly convinced that we as the body of Christ, as a whole, as the body of Christ, you know, there's no scripture in the Bible that says you individually are the body of Christ. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, when it says, now you are the body of Christ, well, you got to read the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, because the you he's talking about is not you individually. It's you as a member. He says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So individually, you're a member. Corporately, we are the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ comes together, Brother Hagin, I love this. He says, we have the, the, as a whole, we have the same measure of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did. But we as individual members of the body of Christ do not. It's as we come together in the corporate anointing. And actually, he doesn't have it here, but I have the scripture that verifies this truth. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, 22 and 23 says, And, and, and we are his, uh, uh, the fullness of him that dwells in him. Uh, uh, I guess I ought to read it, shouldn't I, since I'm stuck. Because I'm not really repeating it too well. I guess I need that thing up there, don't I? <laughs> uh, it says, uh, that's all right. Ephesians 1 where he says, He gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. And this is what he says, The fullness of him fills all in all. Now that's what he's talking about. He says, the full measure of him who makes you individually complete, the full measure is in his body. I don't know about you, but hot dog, I'm glad that's true. I mean, aren't you glad I'm not all by myself? Aren't you glad you're not all by yourself, that you're a member of the body and the blood that flows through the toes flows through the nose? You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so it says here, now there is a, in 2 Chronicles 5, verses uh, 11 through 14, as the, now this is an Old Testament shadow, but actually, in, now that we walk in the light of the new, we can see what was the truth of the shadow. And it says that it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place, uh, and the Levites, the singers, all of them, their sons and brethren, they were, they came out with cymbals, psalteries, harps, and they were with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. So in other words, there was some noise, right? Brothers and sisters. Noise. We're talking noise. I mean, they were making some noise. The Bible says in heaven, the praises of his people sounds like the sound of many waters. Woo! God's not hard of hearing. And so it said it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. They joined together, in other words. That's what we're doing tonight. They joined together as they did. It says they lifted up their voice and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. You know what I like about this? You don't have to be a rocket science to get in on the, the, the power of the anointing of God. All they said was, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. How many of you believe that's true? Can we hook up on that fact? There may be some things, you know, you have a hard time with, but you believe God is good? 
Do you believe His mercies are new every morning? They endure forever. They outlast the plan of the devil or any other relative you got. And the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That as they did this, the house was filled with the cloud. Now that's the anointing. That was the cloud. That was the glory of God. Did you know what's in that glory? The Bible says that we are strengthened out of His riches in glory. In other words, right out of glory, we get, I mean, it's nice to have a, a husband who's rich. It's nice to have a relative who's rich if they like you. But it's real nice. <laughs> if they don't like you. It's real you. nice that you know God is rich. What kind of stuff does he have? He has stuff that never wears out. He has eternal redemption for all. Healing, deliverance. Things change in your life, brothers and sisters. But redemption and the truths that are ours because of redemption never change. Unchangeable. It's the only thing in heaven. It said the house is filled with the clouds. Redemption. They could not stand to minister. You say, I don't understand why people uh, fall in the service when the anointing begins to flow. I'll tell you exactly. I don't really. I don't understand how they can stand. <laughs> I mean, actually, I know how you can stand. It's like someone said, you know, I just, uh, I don't. What did that person say? They came and they he, said. I was praying for him. He said, it's all I can it's do to stand. It's all I can do to stand. <laughs> I said, well, that's why you're standing. Said, you're doing all, doing all you, you can, can do. Can do. Just let it go, brother, and soak up the glory. Because, honey, you're going to need it. You can't give what you don't have. But if you'll just receive it. It like a rocket Woo! getting ready to That's all I can do to stand. I thought, well, that's your problem. You're a self-made man. <laughs> anyway, so the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord don't leave yet. filled the house of God. How many of you believe if that's the way it happened in the Old Testament under the shadow? How many of you believe in the New Testament that those who have received the very, the very, they, they dreamed of our day. But we are walking in the light of the very thing they just saw the shadow of. This is our day. The house filled. You don't have to wait till we get through singing to get healed. You get healed while we're singing because the glory. and you see it so clear. <laughs> I asked the Lord once, I said, why sometimes is it hard for me to explain things that I see in the Spirit? And then I remembered when Brother Hagen said, some things can't be said. Some things kind of like trying to explain to an Eskimo what did he say what a tree what a, what a tree looks like never seen one sometimes I see things in the spirit and I, I say oh Lord I'd like to explain what I see so people won't think I'm just a dancing idiot but the reason I do is because I see it and he lands on people he lands on churches he lands on believers and he lands he's looking for people that he can land on that are open and receptive and, and obedient he looks for those kind of people because he
he knows they'll obey. And listen, we're not the minority today. There's millions of Pentecostal believers all over the world. Millions. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not alone. They're everywhere. They're in Baghdad. They're in Iran. They're in China. They're in France. They're in Australia. They're in Canada. They're in the Ukraine. They're everywhere. It just looks like that the enemy's doing a lot. But we're doing so far much greater. You know, I asked my ministry team, I brought them together, and I said, the Lord asked me this the other day. He said, if everybody was doing what you're doing in Shekinah Glory Ministries, would you remain mediocre or would you be excellent? I said, you don't have to answer me. Just answer yourself. Would we have just a mediocre ministry? Excellency is always trying to do better than the day before. Another plan, another soul, another way, another country, another... I'm always thinking. And I guess visionaries, that's what we do. We think, we see it, and then God sends a team, and we go. But every believer does that. I'm not satisfied with today's way that I lived. Tomorrow it's going to be better. I want to increase in my respect and my relationships and in my reach and our finances. When I was with Dr. T.L. Osborne, he looked at us and he said, he said, you've put so much money and you've given so much just for the gospel. You know why people don't understand you? They're not going to understand you. They don't understand why somebody would give their life so they can be free. They don't know that kind of love. You care more about it than they do. Sometimes. You care more about their freedom than they do. They won't understand you. Don't try to get them to understand you. They don't. It's like somebody came to me and they said, "My, uh, this was uh, uh, a year or two ago, and they said, I, why, why does my... Uh, somebody in their life continually to treat me like that and I said because you're expecting something from someone they can't give don't be disappointed they can't give it they don't got it and if they do have it they don't know they got it that's why Paul said I pray that you'll see something today I was laying in bed and I said okay then we got to see it we got to say it we got to believe it and we got to receive it And I will not settle for anything less than the most excellent and best that I can do in the ministry. People say, well, you drive people. I might, but it ain't for me. I'm going to go better and further. How about you? Everyone has to make that decision. And as pastors, they get up and they present that to their church. And you know, sometimes the church, they'll balk. I know a pastor once said, said somebody said, if you say triumph one more time, I'm leaving. And the pastor found out about it, got up on the pulpit the next Sunday and got up and said, triumph. 
Why? He always causes us to triumph. Because if you give them anything less than the truth, they won't know. Always, every place. I don't care what's going on with you. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care what your problems are. He always does it. And when you see it, you'll act like this. You said, yeah, but you're, you're a minister and your life's just perfect and everything's going on with you okay. That's just what you think. We got lots of challenges that we're dealing with. But you know, I'm coming to the presence of the Lord. And they said, in His presence is fullness of joy. It's what the Bible said. And actually, Paul said, I finished my course with joy. I figure if he finished that way, he must have been living that way. What is it somebody said? You couldn't be chained up to Paul very long and be sad. I mean, you're chained up to a guy who's going, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Always calls me to triumph in the jail, in the pit. I've seen some of those places. They're not pretty. Just a big cement slab with post. This one guy was talking about how that uh, he had to, uh, he, he actually, his job, one of his jobs when he was taking care of chickens was that when they would come out of their cage, you know, because when they're in their cage, they have their, uh, they have their, sometimes they have their legs, you know, tied together so they won't fly away or, you know, get away. And so when they get them out of the cage and stuff and they're getting, they're bringing them out, he said, you know, he'd have to untie their legs. And he said, a lot of times those chickens would just, after he'd untie his legs, they'd just fall over and lay there because they didn't know that they were untied. And so he'd give them a little kick and they'd go, whoa, and jump up. That's and all what, of a sudden they realized they couldn't jump up before, but now they can. I thought that's how I feel sometimes in church service. Oh, why do y'all feel that way all the time in church services? Come on, come on, little kid. You realize, well, come my on. feet aren't untied. I got untied somewhere. You know why? Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, <laughs> there's liberty. liberty. One translation says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there bondage gives way to liberty. Now, now, I, now I understand as pastors, you have different kinds of meetings. But as a revivalist evangelist, we don't usually have different kinds of meetings. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Our meetings are pretty much the same. <laughs> revivals come and revivals go. But people who have a spirit of revival are always the same. And listen, I don't live by this experience tonight. Tomorrow, I live by faith in the Word of God. I make my own tomorrow. That's tomorrow what, morning, listen, I'll have my own. I'll listen, my own. experiences, your feelings come and go, but revelation is always real. Always real. 75 or 25 is the same thing. It doesn't get old. It doesn't diminish. It doesn't lose its value. And once you get a hold of that, it gets a hold of you. You're just always ready to rejoice. And I know In fact, that... you kind of go looking for an opportunity. Like Ephesians 5 where it says, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, when it says, you know, one translation, the Message Bible says, any excuse for a song to God. Any excuse to party. I'm just looking for the opportunity. Pardon me. We will edit this tape visually and We audibly. used to do that when I smoked pot. Somebody would come and they'd knock on the door and they'd say, uh, do you have time to smoke pot? And I'd say, anytime. So why would I feel that way about that and not feel it more about the glory of God? You know why? Because I want to give him the honor that he deserves. Why would I give him anything less? <laughs>
<laughs> you know, that's why you guys come back to our services because you're just old drunks like me, and you just. Like the other night we were preaching, and Cindy said, "I'm not a whiner. I'm a wino." <laughs> You say, I bet there's serious things going on. She meant the new wine for those of you who haven't been in church long. Uh, listen, the wine of the Holy Spirit for those I, of you. I know there's serious things going on in the world. That's why we pray. Yeah. The more serious it gets out there, the more you better learn. The more how to shout The here. more serious it's getting in my country. Yes. Are you concerned? Yes, I am. That's why the devil is wanting to stop everything that we do. I'm talking about the United States of America. It's trying to stop. Always trying to stop us. You know, I called someone today and I, I told them something and they said, hmm, sounds like a verse in your song. The devil will never stop lying. And I went, oh, thank you for reminding me of that verse. You know, he'll always keep trying <laughs> to get you to do the things he wants you to. But the word of God, it will change you and give you a brand new mind. So you won't believe the lie. You know why? You'll know the truth. It's not that the lies don't come, but you know the truth. See, and that's you, why it you, makes you free. That's why it keeps you, you free. You don't know where I've come from. Listen, you don't know where I've come from. Really, I'm not as interested in where you come from as I am where you're going. Victory in every place. You know, I was thinking about that today. When God chose the people to take them into the promised land, he chose people who've been slaves for over 400 years. Glad tidings. He Four. said, glad tidings is tidings that makes you glad. Well, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. She's on another song. Gospel. But it's okay. It goes along with mine. But I just keep thinking gospel. Preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Publicize it. The good news. It's good. And it's glad. They used to say years ago, B.B. Hankins, his father was one of His father and his Mark grandfather, Hankins. Mark Hankins' dad, they were, I learned a lot from that man. God. One thing I learned is everybody's no respecter of persons. Don't be no respecter of persons. Everybody's the same. That's why I like the Osbournes. They just soon talk to someone who, who didn't have nothing as the leading hottest evangelist on, on the block that was right over next to him. They, they'd be, make a beeline for the other person than they would them because they figured they ought to know who they are in Christ. <laughs> Not to be disrespectful, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> They'd always make a beeline for the person who looked like they were, you know, needing help. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Anyway. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise God. And so, glad tidings. And he said, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what's the rest of that one? These signs. These signs. It's, a, it's an unusual occurrence that only can happen by God. Shall follow all those who believe. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll, they'll cast out devils. And it said, if they drink, lay hands on the sick. Well, that's always a sign of power. Laying hands is a sign of power. Power is released. Power, power, power. Stretch forth your hand, Lord, and cure before him signs and wonders. And it said, lay hands on the sick. If you drink any deadly thing. Do you know what that means in that scripture? It said, back then. Um, yeah, I do. What does it mean? Never mind. That was a personal. Oh. Okay. Cappuccino. Said so, said so if you if you if you um, if what is that? I, I mean, I looked it up. I'm not all that smart, but I do know uh, how to read. And uh, I look. I got something so funny. I want to tell you about someone that everybody knows their name all over the world, but I can't tell you because 
because it'll make them look like an idiot anyway. And they're not. They're very well respectful. Oh, you want the initials? <laughs> no, I'm not a gossiper, but what's the initials? Anyway, oh, that's it. Deadly. It's fatal poison. It's, you know what it is? It, uh, it's uh, so- so- Sophocles and Euripides and Plato. Listen, I'm telling you, if you drink any deadly thing, deadly things have been around for years. It was around then. If you drink any Muslim uh, doctrine, if you drink any Hindu doctrine, if you drink, you know what's so different about Christian doctrine? It's because we serve a God where the Creator lives on the inside and is alive. He came to us. We don't have to do anything to get to Him. That's why our gospel is good news in any country. People said, you can't do that over there. And when they, somebody tells me that, I just love to go anyway. Somebody says, you can't do that. I think, man, you need to get a life. Any deadly thing. It was always something. If you drank in something that was opposite of what the simple truth of the gospel was, I came to give you life. There's a lot of deadly things out there. We know that. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He said, um, he said you would recover. And you know what that means? You'd be in a good place. Good place physically. Good place mentally. If you preach the good news to those people, they'll end up in a good You owe it to them. (laughs) You owe it to them. You owe it to people. My maid today, she came to my room. She left. I just, oh, it was just so heavy. And then I heard this. Why didn't you ask her if she knew me? I said, well, I got this and this and this to do. He said, yeah, but you always are so quick. Why were you not so quick today? And I said, I don't know, sir. I don't know why. I, I, I just didn't. So I opened the door and I went back out and I'm not, I, she's getting in the room and I said, excuse me. I said, I have a real important question to ask you. Are you a Christian? She said, I, I'm, I'm not sure. She said, I, I don't know. She said, I hadn't been a very good church goer. I said, well, I didn't ask you that right now. I said, I just want to know, have you believed in Jesus Christ? It's the Son of God. Died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead. She went, oh, yes, I believe that. I said, you mean you asked him to be your Lord? She said, oh, yes, I did. And then she looked at me and she said, I can't believe you were concerned. I started to walk away and she said, she said, please, thank you for caring. She said, I just can't believe it. She was blown away that I asked her, that I cared. You said, yeah, but my experience hadn't been too good. Well, try again. So you want to stop at the the one that was uh, uncomfortable. Then that's your last memory. Why don't you make a new one? She was so thankful. She just couldn't believe it. She kept shaking her head. I I turned away and I was thinking, oh, honey, don't look at me. I ain't nobody. You just don't understand. I don't know nothing without Jesus. Don't look at me. I mean, I tease everybody and tell you I'm a very famous Christian rock star and I'm cool and all that. And in the Ramah circles, nobody quite knows what to do with me. But I'm like a fly. I just keep coming back. <laughs> Why? Because I know. I got 
tell people I cannot stop and I'm going to be better and better and better and let me tell you I'm not a scholar but gratitude will get you a whole lot further than knowledge a grateful heart will get you a whole lot further than knowledge you mark it down it's the truth Pastors always gravitate to those who are grateful to find out to do jobs. You'll find they'll do the best jobs. And it it's will a attract. Thing. It'll attract God, too. It's, it's a serious thing. There are things in my life that I've asked Him to help me change. Do I cut up too much? Am I this? Am I that? Do I need to do this? Every day I look at myself and I go, is there something I need to do better? Do I need to call someone today? Lord, I'm striving for spirit of excellence in every area of my life. And I don't want to be satisfied. You know, I don't, someone once said, if you think a million dollars is a lot of money, you're poor. And when I heard that, I thought, then I'm going to believe for a million dollars. Not for me. You know, there are Christian businessmen today that are believing and moving into lots of money in those areas so that they can buy uh, companies in lands where the Muslims are trying to make them Muslim ruled nations and they want to own those, those businesses over there so they'll have a foothold into that country so they'll be able to use it to preach the gospel to them. Hey, billionaires are doing it. Christian millionaire billionaires are doing it right now. Why not? As we speak. If you'll ask him, he'll show you how to do it. This is an eye, this service, if you want to describe what it is like, it's an eye-opening experience. It's an eye, I'm just, an eye-opening experience. I saw that scripture, Ephesians 1:17. He said, I pray for you that you would, I ask the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, to give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. One translation says, I pray that you would clearly see and really understand who Christ is and all that he's done for you. And then he says this, the eyes of your understanding would be opened. The first thing that happens when it hits your spirit, when it, you see what Christ has done for you is you start seeing things differently. I didn't say necessarily you see different things. Yes. But you see things differently. Did you hear me? That's the first step to seeing different things. Listen, listen, I got a, I've got this little, I, I don't know where I got this. It was out of a newspaper from several years ago and uh, 19 something. Anyway, it says a few poorly chosen words from the past. And this little, this little article, I keep it really where Ephesians 1.17 is. I read it because it just helps me to see that when my eyes are open, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at the same thing you're looking at or someone else is looking at, but I see it totally different. I may be looking at a backslidden relative, but I see them totally different. I may be looking at the same amount in my checking account, but I see it different. I may be looking at the same uh, feelings and thoughts and ha attitudes, but I see them differently. It said today is full of blind spots. I guarantee you in your life today, there are blind spots. We need to stick one of those, you know, those little stickers on our head that you see on some of those, those Mack trucks and it'll have this area, you know, it's their blind spot and it'll say, if you can't see me, I can't see you. <laughs> 
In other words, they're saying, this is my blind spot. You know what I mean? We all have them. That's why we need the right relationships so that someone can say, hey, you didn't see that, but I did. It'll save your life. It says, the future is perpetually around the corner, invisible to mere mortals, no matter how wise. And here are some of the uh, the words from the past that, that prove that no matter no, how smart you are, you're right on the verge of something you have a hard time seeing. Uh, this uh, this uh, workers to railroad conductor, Edwin Drake, before he drilled the first successful oil well in 1859, U.S. oil. Drill for oil? You mean drill into the ground to try and find oil? You're crazy. Yeah, that's probably what some people were told tonight about coming to church. You're crazy. Listen, this is a good one. This was spoken to Charles Duell, the director of the U.S. Patent Office in 1899. Everything that can be invented has been invented. Did you know they literally wanted to close the U.S. Patent Office in 1901? We're glad we didn't listen to them. You know, we've done everything that came. Do you know that everything you do today is probably a result of something that was invented after 1899? Including your telephone, your car, your computer, and everything else, like your iPod or whatever else. I mean, everything. Velcro that snapped your pants on, you know what I mean? I mean, everything. Oh, glory to God. This is so funny. Uh... Well, this was in 1936, the New York Times. That's why you printed words don't necessarily mean they're right. A rocket will never be able to leave the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> okay. Television won't last because people will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. This is a producer of uh, the 20th Century Fox in 1946. I wonder where he's at now. I know he's dead. Oh, listen. The Grand Old Opry told this uh, to Elvis Presley in 1954. You ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. Listen to this one. This is Ken Olson, the president of Digital Equipment Corporation in 1977. There is no need for any individual to have a computer in their home. the Lord, you might as well laugh instead of cry. Microsoft Bill Gates said in 1981, 640K ought to be enough for anybody. How many you? How much have you got? 640k is small for a watch now. I'd help you all out there. I, I'm actually not that good with knowing exactly how much does your computer have. At home? Yeah. Are you embarrassed? Two gigs of RAM. Which is how much more than 640k? A bazillion times more. A bazillion more times more. Oh, praise the Lord! So my point is, tonight was an eye-opening experience. You may think it looked like stuff was just, you know, just all over the place, not very organized, but that's the way the Holy Ghost does it sometimes. You know, he comes in like a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire and on the day of Pentecost, I mean, you know, they got so, so full of God that they literally were, were out in the streets of Jerusalem. It couldn't be stopped. It couldn't be contained. I mean, God didn't say, get back in there now. We won't keep this inside. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to start getting upset if they see you out there like that. He didn't say, you better not do that out there now. You know, we are seeker sensitive. Now listen, 
I'm all about making people want to come to the presence of God. But let me tell you something. We're not building a two foot, you know, what are you, those, those, uh, Reservoir that my husband's uh, uh, father used to work in the coal mines, and they said they'd have these reservoirs that were like how many, how wide? Can we tell the story? Just say how wide. Well, it was hundreds of miles in in area. Hundreds of miles in an area, but they'd only be yeah. Go ahead. Like uh, eighteen inches deep. Eighteen inches deep, so they were basically worthless, right? Because they were just not very deep. And I thought, you know, I told him when he was telling that story, <laughs> you didn't tell much of it, but I told him, I said, that's kind of like, you know, trying to be, trying to just keep things going on, a, you know, 18 inches deep and you're trying to, you know, you're not going to get many, you're not going to catch many big fish in 18 inches of water. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but I think it's a good idea to go as far as you can. I'm not against people, you know, wanting to have, you know, there's a purpose for different services, but this is not that kind of a service. We're going as far as we can being exposed to the glory of God. And we believe in the gifts and the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're just here to enjoy the presence of God, get filled up. So when we go out there where people have never been touched by a living God, they can see it on our face. Honey, you gotta have a place where you can fill her up. You know what I mean? I like to get so I like to get so loaded that I'm walking out and my eyes are glassy when people see me and they're going, Hi. What's different about you? I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I mean, I like people to see me in the stores and go, You are different. I go, I know. And people do it to me all the time. People I know, stare at I know me what some of y'all thinking. I think you were different with or without God. But I can say, I know. I know the I Lord. I got a mama. I know exactly how you're thinking. I know the Lord. Oh, glory to God. But I'm here to tell you. And we're you the, trying to get you all glassy eyes. The Spirit of too. the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the good news to the poor, to set at, cap, uh, at uh, to set at liberty those that are bound, to unloose the prison doors, to set, set the captives free. The spirit of the Lord is upon you, not a spirit of of meekness and timidity, but a spirit of power. You have been empowered by the very one who raised Christ from the dead. This is not a day to sit back. And say, somebody else will do it. This is the day to take it up, brother. Take up your weapon and march forward in faith. I know it's going to cost you your life. But you know what? Something's going to cost you your life. Whether it's a 42-inch TV or the plan of God. What are you going to give your life to? Something. It's called your lifetime. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, this is, we're, this song, I love this song. It, it, you know, you just, you just think about what God has done. And then as a result of what he has done, it changes what you do. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has before ordained we should walk in there. You know what that tells me? I may not have been in my future, but God has. 
And if I'll embrace his promise, if I'll keep myself in faith, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by choice. No, this, this kind of life, this kind of living doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen by whining. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but it doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen by whining. You say, but you don't know what's happened to me. Well, I would like to counter that with maybe you don't know what's happened to you. Maybe you're just thinking about what your daddy did or what your, you know, father did or what your uncle did or what your, you know, friend did. But let's just think about what Jesus did. That's what makes me smile. That's what makes me smile. It's not anything too hard. It's anybody, anybody can live free. I, I see something that I, I saw. I, I just see something. I was doing something. But what song did you have in mind you were going to do? Um, I saw this, uh, and I'd like to follow through with this. If, if We can sing it, but we'll sing it. Whichever one you want to do, I don't care. Um, this, is what I, this is what I saw happening today. If you came here tonight for healing, for agreement, we believe in the power of agreement. Yeah, that'd be good. If you came here for a power of agreement, if you came here for, um, uh, to have hands laid on for healing, if you came here just, you know, there are people that need help. There's not, you know, people are always going to need help. You can't turn away people that, you know, need help. We, we, I was in one church, and, and that's why I never did really like this one song that people used to sing. And I personally didn't care for it. But, you know, a lot of people liked it. Get in or get out or get run over. Because if I had come to a meeting like that, I might have left. Because I didn't know what they were talking about. I would have thought, well, I better oh, get out. Well, I better get out. Because <laughs> I don't want to get run over. And I yeah. sure are. I'm sure not in. I do understand some things. Because you know I'm Pentecostal. I mean, I under, and I love Pentecostal services. But I would never tell anybody, we don't need you or you can't come. Or if you don't understand, then you don't belong here. I, 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 the door is open. Anybody come in. Whosoever will may come. And I'm not going to get into to pastoral leadership uh, things that I've heard B.B. Hankins talk about, about, you know, when to kick somebody out. He says sometimes you have to kick the person and the devil out. You can't get the devil out, kick he the said, person just kick and them the both devil. out. But that's another, I mean, that's another deal. We might go to meddling if we go there. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Some of you pastors know what I'm talking about. Anyway, but tonight you said, I need some help. I just need some prayer of agreement to push this thing through. I really believe in that. And if you need it for prayer for healing, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I really want you guys to think about changing. I don't want you satisfied. I know sometimes small town people, they'll, they'll kind of have that thinking, you know, like, well, I can just get by going to the Walmart and flip flops. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but I do that. I, I, but I try to make it a point when I leave the house that I look. I don't have as much as, you know, Oprah Winfrey. I'd love to have as much as Oprah Winfrey. And I ain't dead yet. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I try to present myself. So when I'm talking to somebody, you know, 
If I wear blue jeans, I'll wear the ones that look the best. <laughs> the ones I picked up out of the dirty clothes. You know, I, I try to, when I'm witnessing, that's what I think about. Just your best. It doesn't mean you have to wear something that's, you know, $1,500. It just means your best. You know, if it's your best casual clothes, and I try to put, I know this is stupid. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I try to think. I try to think like, you know, when I walk in there, I want someone to, um, they're going to respect what I say when I look at them and say, hey, I want to buy your groceries. Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Hey, you know, smile at them. Say, hey. Not because, you, not because of who you are. No, not because of me. Because of but who because of who you represent. So I try to get away from that kind of thinking. Now, I'm not a person that says, when I come to town, you better put me in the Weston Hotel and I better have, you know, I better have yellow M&Ms in my thing. I don't do that because we have to go regardless of what the person does. You know, if we're called to that church, it doesn't matter what they do, we go. You understand what I'm saying? You know, but if I were a pastor, I would try to do my best. My best. Now, my best may not be Grace Fellowship's best, who has 4,000 people, if I had 120. But I got a news for you. Sometimes the 160 and the 120 do better than the 4,000. When you talk about, you know, we had one person, you know, they, I mean, one, one businessman gave us $25,000, $25,000 something. The next guy that wrote us, he used to give us $1.50 every month. It was two fifty, and I went, "Whoa, increase!" And I didn't just show Lois and Ray, you know, the twenty-five thousand dollars check. I went and showed them. I said, "Look at this! Oh, Luke went up a buck. That was all he had." <laughs> I was so excited. I went, "Oh, yippee for Luke! Yippee for Luke!" Zetta Dowdy. Man, she was, is that the, that's the one? No, the other one. She, she only, she was a sis. She said, I'm on a fixed income. I'll give you $25. I said, don't talk like that. You're not on a fixed income. Now she's given $55. Now to me, that's significant. I'm going, wow. I just shake my head and I go, how did she do that? So I saw her at a church one time. We were at Iowa and she's one of our monthly partners. And I said, how did you do that? She said, I got a bonus and a raise. And you were the first person I wanted to give it to. And she said, besides my church. And I went, yeah, because she knows how we feel about tithing to the church. You know, we're pretty strict about that. One lady wrote us and said, I, can, I have this kind of a tithe and, and I want to give it to you. And so she said, would you take it? And I wrote her back. And I said, do you have a local church? She says, not yet. So she said, would you receive it till I get one? I said, yes, but as soon as you get one, you got to give it to them. Okay. She wrote me back. She said, I got a local church. I won't be sending you my tithe anymore. I'm sorry. And I wrote her back. And I called her. I called her on the phone. I said, don't you be sorry for that. You give it to that church. That's where it belongs. And she said, you've always told me to do that. And I said, you're right. Because I believe that's where it goes. And then, then the other day, she sent us a check. She said, I got an increase. I want to do what's right. There are two kinds of people on the face of the earth. Now listen to me. You'll run into them interest for themselves or interest for the cause of Christ there's only two kinds of people and you don't want to buddy up with those you know my, my closest friends are visionaries Rick Renner 
He's one of my dearest, best friends. He's a visionary. My friends, they have, they have vision. And I have a girl who comes and helps me pack. She's a visionary. She wants to go to Russia. She likes helping me do anything I can. She's got the vision. You understand what I'm saying? She's not Rick Renner. But she's got a vision. I want my life to be better every day. And I want to stretch. How about you? And I'll tell you, if you're living with someone who doesn't understand that, sometimes it's hard because you, you're... They don't get it. Just pray for them. Especially, I'm talking about married couples. Hang on. You do what you can do. But in your own personal life. Now, tonight I saw uh, pastors, pipers, and uh, Pastor Sam. And I didn't know you were going to be here, but I'd like for you to, to join in on this. Any of those that wanted prayer for healing, frustration, Mental, mental, mental problems, things that you can't, you can't seem to, to break free from. Oftentimes, people do need help from that area. And then once you see it, then you go for it. You understand? And you have to, you have to stay close. But any of those things, I want you to come up and stand right here. Any kind of prayer you want hands laid on. And also, if you'd just like, you know, if you'd like a, if you hadn't been in the services and you just want kind of a, a push or a double anointing or increase in the anointing and, you know, yeah. Oh, glory to God. Uh, come on up down for that too. Because uh, when, cause when these people, I don't care. Uh, just come and line up right here. Just come up and line up. Now I want the uh, Charlene and uh, where's, where's you and your husband? Pastor Sam, you come around here. Brother Tom, you come up here. Where the, where's my, where the Pikers go? Okay, all right. All right. Okay. All right. Now, ushers, uh, I have a straight line here. Ushers, if you'll line these people up so it won't be so congested up here. Now, first of all, I want to tell you something. Every one of these ministers are so anointed. Oh, my gosh. You are, too. So you've got anointed people. You've got anointed ministers. <laughs> you've just got fireworks getting ready to happen. Whether you feel it or not, power is a reality. You understand? The anointing is real. Whether you feel it or not. And you have to learn that if you're ever going to be successful in this life. It's not. It can be a feeling, but it's not necessarily a feeling. So, Pastor Sam, you want to come down and start down at that end? And uh, when I get ready to tell people to lay hands, let's see where, where you got Pastor Tom, you want to get down that end, far down? We'll kind of split up here when I tell him to get ready. But uh, pastors, please do me a favor. Don't lay hands on anyone unless someone's behind them. Please. Okay. So ushers, you're going to have to look alive. Somebody's got to follow Pastor Tom. We need a couple of people on these pastors. We need someone on Pastor Sam. We'll need someone on me. So if you can get some ushers that can do that. Somebody stay with Pastor Sam. Get, you know, get down there. You got a, you got a couple of uh, catchers for each person. That would be great if you did. Hallelujah. Now listen, the anointing, I already know the anointing is all over them. It's all over you. It's all over here. They're just going to pray and lay hands on you. And whatever it is you came up here tonight for, something's going to bust loose in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I believe it. Something is going to happen when they lay hands on you. Close your eyes and get ready to receive. If they have a word for you, they'll give it. If they don't, forget it. You don't need it. You got the word. The word of God. Go ahead, pastors, and just lay hands on it.
We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.